Hey, it's Ellie Lloyd. Glad to have Tommy Vex from Bad Wolves co-hosting The Rock 30, the band's second appearance here. Last time was a couple of years ago with John the Drummer. So, uh, Tommy, glad to finally meet you, uh, even though it's not in person. It's uh, some weird circumstances of COVID-19, but uh, glad to finally meet you, man. You too, L.A., man. Yeah, we're, we're figuring it out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Any means necessary. Got to get the music to the people. That's right, man. I know you got to be sitting uh, just bored and just ready to get back on the road, man, because you got this great song out there right now that everybody loves, and I know the fans are waiting for you to uh, to do it. Yeah, we're. Uh, I mean, right now it's been. You know, we've had to cancel the May, the whole May tours, and the fe- obviously the festivals. We were looking forward to going on tour with um, Hollywood Undead, and we had a show opening for Metallica that we were like super excited about. So it's a bummer, but you know, we all got to do our part. We got to do what's right to keep everybody safe. And then, you know, in the interim, we've just been, you know, back in the studio recording, writing, you know, we started a Patreon. We put some, uh, some previously unreleased tunes, some like specialty stuff for like, um, for the Wolfpack. That's, uh, and that's just what we've been up to. I like that, man. And, uh, you know, I'm just always kind of curious how everyone is just handling it with their family. I mean, you know, kids are at home schooling and something that I'm not really used to here. So it's it's a different environment, man, before everything opens back up. Yeah. I mean, I think it's um, it's tough for parents, man. It's tough. Luckily, uh, I'm not in that situation <laughs> during COVID. Yeah, everyone's always like, you know, you know, having kids is going to be the bright spot of your life. I'm like, I'm. I'm I'm gonna wait. You're all right right now, huh? I'm yeah, I'm busy right now. It's also as a, we tour so much, it's like hard to kind of justify having having a starting a family uh, and not being. I don't want to miss anything. Right. So totally makes sense. So I dug a little bit uh, to find uh, some previous interviews, and I found out that the original name of Bad Wolves was Eye of Tongues. Is that correct? Uh, yes. So is there a story behind that? I, I love that name. I, I love Bad Wolves, but Eye of Tongues seems like it's got a little story to it. Maybe this was when John was first demoing stuff and didn't have a singer. He he had a bunch of songs, and then he really liked that name. And then I was like, I don't want to be in a band that sounds like an Indian restaurant in Florida. <laughs> city like you know i was like welcome to i have tongues like i was like no it's not gonna work um it was also i think before i joined the band you know it wasn't a band it was just a project and i think when i came into the fold it went from being a very um more experimental was the experimental progressive sound was the driving force and when i came in i kind of introduced more of like nirvana pantera song structures and kind of change things like move things around a lot we still have those that area and that space um where we infuse eclectic sounds into what we do but i but i think when i came in and started rewriting the songs with john the identity changed and what we wanted to accomplish changed so we had to have a different name and there you have bad wolves yeah so when i say 2019 especially now those days seem like many years ago you know with coronavirus going on but what a great year it was for bad wolves i mean you guys went to europe you did all the big festivals like download and rock and ring and you managed to record a new album too so when you were writing i don't know how you managed to do that because it seems like you guys were just non-stop touring for month after month i mean how'd you manage to fit it all in uh well i mean basically I, I remember coming home from Europe and I went into the studio for about a week before we had to go back out on tour with uh, Breaking Benjamin of Five Finger and I had gotten four songs done that made the record and then over the Christmas break in 
January, um, before we went, we went to Australia with Nickelback in 2019, John had gone to the studio. So when we came home from Australia, we had a lot of songs. We had like over 20 songs. So we, you know, we also, we don't take breaks. Like they, we're writing a record right now. Wow. There's nothing else to do. So we're like, we just keep, you know, that's the happy space. Like the, the sanity space is in the studio, behind the mic, behind the drums, with the guitar, mm-hmm. working it out. You know, and especially in a time where I think I think a lot of artists and creative people who like force into a position like all of us where we don't have any control over anything. The best thing that we have control over is our art. And so it's good to go in and make stuff. Right. It's good for the mind and the spirit, and then people will get to enjoy it, too. Totally, man. Well, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Nickelback, because that was my next question. I mean, I've been interviewing these guys since 1999. I have never said a disparaging word about Nickelback. I think they're great guys. I think they're great songwriters. they got a ton of fans. But i got to tell you, I don't think I know of another band that gets abused more on social media than Nickelback. So you think they're a really cool bunch of guys, and I just wanted maybe to give me your opinion about Chad and the rest of the guys and what it was like touring with them. Well, all right, this it's it's funny because um you know nickelback are they're like really metalheads yeah you know so i i saw i you know i saw chad at the at the dime bash this year where we performed we performed as a whole band we did pantera's use my third arm and and sam blasted skin and these are like deep cut pantera tunes and you know he like the the nickelback guys are like super into slayer and metallica and megadeth and pantera and um you know that's why they invited us to go to australia with them Wow. You know, they were like, oh, these guys shred, you know, and um, they're just the nicest dudes, man. You know, I've had uh, the first time I met Chad, he we were on tour with Three Days Grace in Canada and he just came to the dressing rooms like before we were, you know, when before we had announced the tour, he's like, hey, guys, like just want to come in and say what's up. We're going to go party in the other room like you want to come hang. And so everyone went in and sang ACDC. And the thing is, like me and Chris and Doc are like low key Nickelback fans right? from, from when they came out. Like, and then you, people don't realize like from a songwriting standpoint, dude, they have so many hits. If you go see them, you, even if you're not a fan of the, of the band, you know, every single song right? and you can't help sing along. You're like, yo, this is awesome. <laughs> you know? And so as an artist and having toured with so many different kinds of bands and gone to so many different kinds of shows, the vibe there is so unique. And so it's like a really unique, positive vibe. And they're they're a heavy band. They're like live. Their guitar tone is it's just way heavier than than the record. And that's, you know, I love that even more. And after I read your comments about Nickelback and I listened to uh, to Sober again, I was like, and maybe this is just my own mind playing tricks with me. But I was like, this has a little twinge of a Nickelback feel to it. I mean, it's just really melodic and it kind of has that feel to it, you know? Yeah, well, I think, you know, I think bands like Incubus and Nickelback or Deftones and Faith No More and System of a Down or just like even bands like Creed, people forgot about Creed. Like that was a massive, massive rock band. Right. Um, my introduction to rock was in grunge and alternative. You know, it was classic rock first, and then what I gravitated towards was the Alice in Chains and the Nirvanas and the Soundgarden. So I think going back out with a band like that was like, uh, like was like, oh yeah, like this is cool. Yeah. And even bands like Five Finger, they they strip their songs down and do them acoustic live. And for the message of Sober, it was important to have less is more right. so that the words could come across and people could relate to it better. That's the cool thing about our band. We pass the ball. Sometimes like this, you know, like a song, like I'll be there, like the drum pattern, the paradiddle drum pattern in the intro is, ins- it's insane. Right. 
I mean, it's anything to rival. Like, I think when John did that, he, he was kind of somewhere in between Danny Carey and Vinnie Paul, oh. you know? And I don't mess with that. I'm like, because that's, <laughs> that's the sauce. And and then when it's a song like Sober, they're like, this is okay by itself. I think that's a great explanation on it. Uh, I lived in uh, Los Angeles in the late 80s and early 90s. I think you've been there since uh, like 2006. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So 14 years. Uh, how would you say the scene? I don't even really know what the music scene's like in L.A. Is there still one? And, and can uh, up-and-coming bands make a start? I know Dirty Honey moved out there, and they've had a little bit of success. But, I mean, obviously they moved in. So what's Los Angeles like now, man? I think that because... Well, we're going to see what happens like if the if the market like the rent market crashes here right. as a result of this it would actually be nice but los angeles has become a city for only rich people right. so it's for artists you know i've had to have me doc john chris kyle we've all had like five different jobs yeah paying rent in order to be in a band right and the good thing about that is la becomes last man standing people can't hack it so it's not like you know, back in the day, you come to L.A., it's sex, drugs, rock and roll, record deal, da, da, da. then all of a sudden everything changes. Everyone knows who you are. You're cool. There's a scene. It's not really like that anymore. And I think, like, in, in order to have legs and staying power, you got to have to have your together. Yeah. And we're also all not young. We've been, I've been in L.A. for 14 years. I yeah. came out here to do a band, and I did that and toured internationally for, like, two or three years, and broke that band broke up and me and the guitar player didn't get along and then i joined snot and toured with that band for a couple of years and then found sobriety and i went on a different path and um you know then i became a counselor and i started running a, a men's rehab facility and wow i thought that music was not going to be you know then i started a band with my own funds because i wanted to make records and then i did a band called westville massacre and we did one record and then i went out you know and then i met John was actually managing my old band and sent me demos and I was like, I have to sing for this. It's, wow. it's the best thing I've heard in so long. So, you know, and then everything happened and then Zoltan heard it and then Ivan heard it and they're like, yo, we're going to get you guys a record deal and we're going on tour and, <laughs> and the rest is history. That story kind of sounds like uh, when, when I had Diamante, she was in Austin last year and I had a chance to finally talk with her and she said that kind of happened with her. You know, she was in school and they said that, hey, you wanted her to be over there in the studio and she's like, you mean like right now I'm in school? It's like, well, you might want to skip today because they want you to do some vocals over there. So what did yeah. when did you first hear about her and how did you guys uh, eventually hook up? Dia was on was on Better Noise. Um, so we have the same, the same label with it used to be different names and then everything became the same gotcha. uh, in 2019. Uh, and we had played Hear Me Now. There was a, a, a alternate version without a guest vocalist. And we played it for Zoltan and Alan. Um, and they, Alan was like, this needs a female vocalist. It's a love song. And we were like, well, we don't, who are we going to get? And so he was like, what about this girl? And I checked her out and I listened to her stuff and I got like dug into her vibe and I was like, this could work. I was right. like, so send her in. So we were going to have a couple people try out for it, and it never happened. She came in and nailed it the first try. Yeah. And we were like, sold. <laughs> She's amazing. She really is. Yeah. She did good, too. We had, like, we filmed the whole thing and everything. She, she was just like, 
went right in and just did it. Just went and did it. That's great, man. Well, obviously, the uh, coronavirus is changing uh, life as we know it. And I don't know if we'll ever get back to what you could consider normal. But how do you feel like uh, our lifestyles are going to change once things do start opening back up? I mean, you think we'll fall back into the same routines or do you think people are going to be a little bit more conscientious about how crazy and divided we've been before this uh, pandemic happened? I mean, I think that it depends on the, the collective human consciousness. You know, I've always been I've always been a big believer in us versus them. And it's not, you know, blue states versus the red states. It's the people versus the government. Right. You know what I mean? It's like the the civil servants and the working class and the blue collar and white collar and, you know, the, the, the healthcare workers and the EMTs and the firemen and the police and the, and, you know, just the, the school teachers and the janitors and the, sanitation department like this is what i grew up this is who i am i grew this is how i grew up this this my family were all they all worked right. you know what i mean for either city departments or you know um stuff like that so i i think that the serious issue there's a couple of like you know realizing that uh we might need to look at how we pollute the environment and i think we also need to look at how we allow television to pollute the citizenry against each other. Right. And there's no room for that anymore. It makes sense that people are divided because government is divided. They can't even get their shit together to help fix this thing. You know, there's been so many mistakes. There's been good jobs done, but there's been bad jobs done. And, the, and um, the politics involved cost a lot of people's lives because people didn't want to, like, get along right. or play ball with people who were supposed to be the, the opposite party. And it's like, you know, whenever really, really rich people have a lot of power and ego, people die from careless mistakes. Yeah. And so hopefully uh, the moral of this whole thing will be uh, stop the bullshit. Right. And take care of us. The battle of singles for radio. I mean, you guys write some great songs uh, and they're not formulaic, but, you know, you guys have proven it. Five Finger Death Punch has proven it. Uh, you can be heavy and still have a pretty catchy uh, radio song. I mean, was it always that way with you guys from the earlier demos or did Zoltan have a, a lot of say in that about putting together songs that might work better for radio? You know, well, I think it's I think there's a lot of cooks in the band Wolf's Kitchen. And I think if you listen to the band, it almost sounds like two bands sometimes, kind of like the Deftones. You could hear which, if you're a fan, you kind of know, oh, that's like Stefan's style or that's Chino's style, or, you know. Um, and I think that that makes for a good band because it makes for interesting records. So if you have all the creative inputs and all the tastes being exactly the same, you're going to keep regurgitating the same songs. Um, and your opinion of, you know, it's good to have objective opinions, you know, sometimes things are like, I'm like, I don't like that. And sometimes guys in the band like, I don't like this. Um, and I also being able to sing, uh, is important, you know? So it's like, I want to, I want to be able to, like, I choose songs that are maybe a little less instrumentally involved to write songs that are more important because the message has to be carried first and then went with other songs like learn to live and um you know toast to the ghost or i'll be there or no messiah my job is to make the bands what the band has done is so great my job is to accent and 
make that better. You do a great job at it. You really do. One thing that I've found while we've all kind of had to be in this uh, mandatory lockdown is just keeping somewhat of a routine. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm here. I do my radio show out of this closet in my guest room that I've built because we're not allowed to go into the radio station. How about you? I mean, you know, bands are typically, they do routines every day, you know, when they're on the road. I mean, you kind of have a call sheet of everything that you're going to do that day while you're at home and you don't really have those strict guidelines. Are you still trying to keep up some kind of routine so you can keep a little bit of sanity? Yeah, I mean, I try to work out like I try to do out like outside. I'll go out and me and a buddy of mine train in this like grass field and just use resistance bands and push ups and, and stuff to try to keep in shape. And then um, once in a while, there's a my buddy owns a gym and it's closed. And and uh, once in a while, I can go in there and work out. Mm. Um, but there's nobody there. And then I wipe everything down and clean it. Um, band guy privileges, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's just I've been doing the studio thing and doing the Patreon thing. Everyone in the band like goes live on Patreon once a week. And every Friday we release new music and we put out lyric videos. We're going to probably drop a music video soon. Um, and we have a movie that we put together in 2018 and 19 that finally got finished editing. We have a few more edits and that'll probably go up on the Patreon as well. Wow. So that's very Yeah. Cool. So we're just trying to stay busy and waiting to know when what's going to happen with tour. Well, I've always said it, man, you know, when you have some kind of uh, issue, you know, it seems like it helps songwriters if there's some kind of drama going on in your life. Obviously, there's going to be, I think, a lot of music coming out later this year in early uh, 2021. Do you kind of feel the same way about that regarding some of your fellow musicians? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think a lot of extreme metal bands are going to come out with it's going to be tough because I think a lot of extreme metal bands I like are going to try to be, come out with conspiracy theory stuff. And I like watching all that stuff, but I'm also like, you know, I'm like, you don't want to make a whole album about that. Maybe a song. But right. It's just going to be it's probably going to get oversaturated. Like. Because that's just what everyone's going through. I don't mind it a little bit right now, but if everyone starts writing songs about Corona by, you know, spring of next year, we'll be like, dude, enough already. Have at it. You know? Yeah, it's kind of like it happened, dude. Well, uh, thank you very much, man, for uh, taking some time. I know you got a lot of time. I got a lot of time, but uh, it's fun doing it this way. But uh, I can't wait to see you guys when you roll through Austin sometime in the future, man, and we can sit down face to face and do it again. I would love to, man. Hopefully sooner than later, man. I'm, I'm praying this thing goes away, man. <laughs> I know, man. Praying. Well, I'm like, re well, I'm ready. I'm like ready to get back to life. So, indeed, man. Well, thanks for being on the Rock Thirty today. Thanks, man. Talk to you soon.